this rate, the chance will not last. And you gotta act fast, pull up the slack, pick up the trash. Cause you still got time for one last dance. Still got time to have a blast, so stash away your hate. Work hard to make life great. Quit a sit there and wait, quit a sit there and wait. Not a piece of cake, but you can create a new life that will never take. You out of poverty, it's never too late. I Yo, hello everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Creative Native Podcast, where we talk to Native athletes about their stories and uh, everything they're doing to promote Native athletics in Indian country. Um, I'm really excited. We had a great episode uh, with Brandon Bailey coming up, and he is a baseball player currently with the Houston Astros and is really really good conversation with him talking about growing up in Colorado his Chickasaw heritage going to college getting drafted and then getting moved from the Oakland Athletics over to the world champion Houston Astros we'll also get a prediction from him on the upcoming series with Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox so um, some insider info maybe there but um, just really great conversation with Brandon hear about his kind of adventures and how he has kind of persevered through this crazy um, world of baseball and his uh, his uh, journey as a native athlete so here it is Brandon Bailey coming up really excited um, to talk to you yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to speak to you as well, and thank you for thinking of me to uh, join your podcast. Yeah, I, I literally just got one of the alerts, like three people that I knew followed you, and I was like, who's this guy? I've never heard of this guy, and so I <laughs> did a little digging, and I saw that you were um, connected to N7, and uh, yeah. I actually worked at N7 back in 2011 uh, for about a year. When I found out about N7, I was like, this is what I like perfect for me and this is what I want to do and so um seeing that you kind of are aligned with them now how did how did that come about how did you get linked up with N7 yeah so back when I was an undergrad student at Gonzaga University um I was uh working toward becoming a Native American studies minor um unfortunately it didn't work out um after I got drafted into professional baseball um some of the classes were only offered in the spring and uh, I was only able to come back in the fall semesters, um, obviously, to try and finish my degree. So I wasn't able to complete my Native American Studies minor. But at the time when I was a sophomore there at Gonzaga, um, I was taking a Native, one of my Native American Studies classes. And um, my professor, um, she mentioned that um, we had an opportunity to meet Sam McCracken, if anyone was interested. Yeah. Um, the founder of her. And, and uh, obviously, uh, me being an athlete and um, – really um, passionate about the Nike brand itself. Um, I jumped at the opportunity to meet him. Um, he talked to about four of us that actually chose to attend the, the lunch meeting with him and our professor, Lori Arnold, Arnold at Gonzaga University. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically he just kind of talked to us about what N7 was, what their mission was, kind of the, the theme of the N7 fund, and kind of what they, they hope to do in native country in trying to give back to that community. Yeah. And um, I was just super inspired by it. And at the end of the at the end of the meeting, Sam left us um, some flyers to um, give us uh, an idea if we wanted to uh, apply for the N seven internship uh, for that upcoming summer. Um, it had been I think it had been uh, the summer of uh, let's say twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, we could uh, we could apply and kind of go throughout that process. And me, 
just being absolutely like blown away um, by what N7 was and Sam and just the overall presentation. I jumped at the opportunity, and um, from there, it was a long process. Uh, it was actually really crazy how it all worked out. Um, so when I um, originally applied for the internship, um, I, I went throughout their whole um, critiquing and the process, and I, I received an email saying that I, I didn't I didn't get it. So I was really bummed at the time, and Sam came back to campus in January to do uh, a guest speaking uh, event um, and spoke to um, you know a, a large large group of people at Gonzaga University about N7. And at the end of his speech, he asked um, if I could stand up, and he said, "Everyone, give Brandon a round of applause for being a finalist for the N7 internship." And wow. I was completely blown back. Like I was confused. I was like, "Yeah, oh, right." Not right. Um, and I so I went up to him after. I was like, "Sam, I, I don't know what you're talking about, but I, I didn't I didn't get it. Like, one thing led to another. I had my final interview with Sam over the phone, and I was told about a week later that I had received an internship." And um, so I was super excited about it. Unfortunately, it didn't work out because after that summer I was also drafted yeah. by the Open Day into professional baseball. So it was it was a really it was the toughest decision I've ever had to make in my life oh. because it was either do I sign professionally and forego my senior year at Gonzaga and pursue my lifelong dream of playing professional baseball, or do I do the Nike N seven internship, which is a huge honor in itself. Yeah. Um, I would have been able to um, work with Sam through, throughout that whole summer, live in Portland or in Beaverton at the end, work at the Nike headquarters and get all of that experience and then go back and play my senior year at Gonzaga. So it was a really tough decision. Yeah. I decided that I couldn't pass up um, the opportunity to play professionally. Yes. And so luckily Sam being a really cool person and luckily Nike um, obviously being an athletic-based company, they were very understanding of why I had to turn the internship down. And so Sam offered me to be an N7 influencer um, as of right now. And I'm hoping that if I can make it to the big leagues here in the next year or two, um, Sam Sam said that I, that I would become an N7 ambassador at that point. Yeah. No, that's great. I had no idea that you had done the whole internship thing too. It's amazing. Like the, all the, I feel like the N7 interns have just got to be like kind of a hall of fame because everyone does when they learn about it, get so inspired. I've met so many people that are just like, they learn about it and they're like, oh my God, how do I do this? How do I work for, how do I work with that? And it's such a good stepping point to other things too, because usually it's, you know, he can't carry a staff, so he has to, you know, you have to kind of move on. And I had a really great experience at, have you heard of Widen, Widen and Kennedy? I have not. It's, it's like their main advertising agency in Portland. And so oh, okay. I went on to that, to work with them, and but like it would have never happened if it weren't for N7. So it, yeah. it really is really great. And it'll, the good thing is like, thankfully, Sam has kept it going for so long and it'll, you know, it'll still be there. Um, but definitely see why you took the, <laughs> took the, to the yeah. opportunity to play ball. Where did you, yeah. where did you grow, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up, uh, here in Colorado. Um, that's where I currently am living for the off season. Um, but I grew up, uh, here uh, in the North Denver metro area, uh, Broomfield, Colorado, oh. um, is where I went to school. Um, and that's where I currently live right now. Okay. And, uh, Yep, I have uh, my family. We originate from uh, Southern Colorado. My mom uh, is from Trinidad, 
the Trinidad area. My dad is from Rye, Colorado, which is um, south of Pueblo. Yeah. Um, but our our family um, obviously have very strong ties to uh, Ada, Oklahoma, um, where the Chickasaw um, uh, capital is located. We have a lot of family um, that lives out there still. Um, but uh, my my grand great grandfather um, George George Bailey moved out here um, when he was really young, and um, we that's where our, why our families lived in Colorado um, ever since. Okay, great. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. How did you mm-hmm. How did you get involved in sports? Is it is your family just a big sports family? Yeah. So basically, on my dad's side, um, we're really big in sports. My dad uh, played. Uh, high school uh, when he was uh, in high school he played football track and field and basketball and uh, then he went on to play um, college football at the division two level for colorado state university at pueblo Mm -hmm. and then my uncle jeff um, my dad's brother uh, was a a three-sport athlete as well and went on to play basketball uh, in college and then my my grandpa uh, keith bailey played um, um, sports in high school as well he was a pitcher for the high school team and actually was a, a state champion in the state of Colorado back in 1960, I believe it was, as yeah. a baseball player. So um, just really strong ties to the sports. And then on my mom's side, um, my, they obviously participated in high school athletics as well. Uh, my mom and her uh, her cousins and her brother and so on and so forth. And uh, just really strong ties to the sports in general and athletics and um, huge sports fans. Um, obviously big Denver Broncos fan yeah. and, uh, and Houston Astros fans um, simply because that's who I play for You're right. Um, so right <laughs> with, the Ast- with the Astros being in the playoffs um, I'm not on the big league team yet but I'm hoping to get there soon but if we still really like to support uh, them and try and watch every game when we can yeah no of course that's great did you so did you play a lot of sports growing up or did you kind of like stick to baseball how did you yeah um, I played I played a lot of sports growing yeah. up. Uh, I played basketball, football, baseball, and roller hockey, and I was very I was really good at all of them. Um, but when it kind of came down to when I was getting into high school, I kind of started to realize that um, just unfortunately the way sports are going, the trend um, sports are moving in, in in terms of high school athletics nowadays, kids feel the added pressure to try and focus on one sport in particular to try and just be the best that they can be in order to give themselves the best opportunity to earn a scholarship to play, play at the collegiate level. Yeah. And um, that's kind of what happened to me um, when I found out I had made the, the high school basketball team. Um, my coach told me that I needed to t- kind of choose between basketball or baseball because they only wanted dedicated basketball players in the high school program. Mm-hmm. And um, so uh, for me, understanding that, I was way better at baseball than I was basketball. That was an easy decision. And then on top of that, um, in football, from the football standpoint, it was just I kind of understood that I had a high risk to get hurt in football, and I just didn't feel like that risk was worth taking when I knew how talented I was at baseball. When I I got into high school, I decided just to focus in on just baseball, and I would like to think that it's worked out pretty well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, it's so, it's crazy how now, I mean, at such a young age, they're starting to specialize and that kind of trend towards specialization, because I think there is a benefit for playing everything, but there is like a kind of a point where you have to kind of pick a lane, especially when every 
you know, everybody's playing yeah. right around now, so it's it's tough. For sure. And, like, sometimes I look back at it, I kind of, I don't want to say I regret it, but I, I do wish some, there was there would have been a way that I could have played all three sports in high school. But yeah. at the same time, I don't think I would be nearly the baseball player that I am today if I hadn't have just dedicated myself to just baseball. So um, there's two sides to the spectrum, but at the end of the day, I think I made the right decision. So Yeah, for sure. What was the, like, recruitment process like the, with college? Um, yeah, so when I was, I'm, I'm not a very big guy. Um, even now, I'm only uh, five foot nine inches tall. And as a pitcher, that's obviously very short mm. um, in any, in, at any level, high school, college, or uh, professional. So at first, when I was um, in high school, my freshman and sophomore year, um, I didn't really get any traction or any buzz or interest from any college participant, didn't matter what level. Yeah. Um, and then um, during my sophomore summer, I was playing with my travel ball baseball team, the, the Premier West uh, Baseball Club, um, which is based out of Arvada, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And we went up to Gonzaga University, actually, in Spokane, Washington, because Gonzaga hosts a summer ball, a high school summer ball tournament at their um, stadium. And yeah. we went up there to play on that. And I, I pitched, and I pitched very well. And that Gonzaga University was the first division one that showed an interest in me and it's kind of crazy how once you have one division one school show interest it's kind of like a domino effect yeah and so so after my sophomore summer um it just kind of blew up on me i i I got offers from stanford university um university of arizona arizona state missouri kentucky um wichita state university of northern colorado so it really it just really took off um (laughs) During my during my junior fall yeah. and uh, into my, my junior spring baseball season, and uh, at the end of the day, it came down to two schools. It was either Arizona State or Gonzaga, okay. and uh, I was planning on taking an official visit down to Arizona State and also U of A. Um, since I was going to be down in Arizona anyways, I figured I'd go check out University of Arizona as well. Yeah, and get my coach Mark Maktob at Gonzaga University heard that I was going to go on those trips and he called me and he was like, look, um, we have our original offer, but we're willing to up it $10,000. And so basically what that meant was, um, I wouldn't have to pay anything during my time in college at Gonzaga. And he was like, but, but you have to commit within this hour. Um, you can talk it over with your family, but if you don't commit within this hour, we're going to, we're going to go back to our original offer. So I was kind of put on the spot. That is crazy. I've never heard anything like that before. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of put on the spot. So I immediately tried to call Arizona State, the pitching coach, because um, Ken Knudsen was the pitching coach at the time. And he told me if anybody tried to pressure me or anything, um, to just give him a call and he would, we would make it official and I'd be a Sun Devil. And yeah. growing up in Colorado, since there's not um, any big-time Division One school with the baseball program, like the University of Colorado in Boulder, they don't have a baseball team. Yeah. And Colorado State in Fort Collins, they don't have a baseball team either. So as a, as a high school baseball player in Colorado, Arizona is the next closest state with like um, elite um, college baseball programs like ASU and U of A. Yeah. So for me, 
ASU was kind of like the dream school for me. Yeah. And so I, I called the guy and he didn't answer. I called him like five times and I just took a moment to reflect and I told my parents, I think this is God's way of telling me um, Gonzaga University is where I'm supposed to go to school. And it, it worked out perfect because um, back when I played in that tournament when I was a sophomore at Gonzaga, I came home and I told my parents, this is where I want to go to school. Like it's a Catholic Jesuit university and I'm a, I, I grew up in the Catholic church. So mm -hmm. that, that really resonated with me. The, the campus at Gonzaga is beautiful. Um, the stadium at the baseball stadium at Gonzaga is elite. And then on top of it all, they have the sport management program that I was hoping to pursue yeah. as my major in college. And uh, so it just seemed like the perfect fit for me. And when I came back from that tournament, well, they were like, well, how much does it cost to go to school there? And I was like, uh, it's a private school, so yeah. $50,000 a year. Yeah. Like, well, you better get a really, really good scholarship because we can't afford that. And luckily it worked out that I got a, a, a full ride, and which is kind of in baseball. Yes, yes. Because we only get 11.7 scholarships for 35 <laughs> roster spot yeah that's an exact so, exactly I was, what i was thinking the baseball is yep. just famous for not yeah. giving full scholarships yep yeah. and so it, it worked out and um, I, I like to think uh, i made the right decision because after my freshman year in college um asu they completely fired that their whole staff that they had that recruited me wow. and u of a's coach um, he retired after my freshman year as well so those two schools that I was um, seriously considering, along with Gonzaga, both got new coaching staff. So it makes me wonder if I would would have went to ASU, would it have even worked out? So um, I'm very thankful to be yeah. a Zag. And I, I'm just very grateful that Coach Mackoff gave me the, the opportunity to put his faith in me, and it worked out perfectly. Yeah, no, that's I'm one of those everything happens for a reason kind of person. That definitely it's so tough with the coaching staff and the turnover. You just kind of never really know with that kind of stuff. That's great. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So how did you, how did you learn about being Chickasaw and being native? Like we, some of my friends, we always like, we always joke around about like when we learned when we were little, when we were native and stuff, but did you have any of those, yeah. any of those memories? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, right from the get go, um, my grandpa on my dad's side who, um, is half Chickasaw, um, he's the son of my great-grandpa, George, who is full-blooded Chickasaw Indian. Mm -hmm. um, he, when I was born, he gave me my Indian name, which is Nita Iskinosi, and in Salish, uh, or not Salish, excuse me. Uh, I, for, I forget what our language is. Maybe it is Salish. Yeah. Maybe, I'm actually, I don't know if that's right or not. So I get confused sometimes because I'm learning about... Um, like the Spokane tribe. Yeah, yeah. While I was, it's, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure Salish is the language up there for those Pacific Northwest tribes. Yeah, I think um, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so he, he gave me my Indian name, which means little bear. Yeah. And um, so right, so growing up, as 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 much as I can remember, that was just a part of my identity. And we're very my my dad and my grandpa and my my uncle and everybody on my dad's side is very proud. To be a part of the Chickasaw Nation, it's something that we definitely aren't ashamed to talk about, and mm -hmm. we're very open about it, and we try and um, go back um, to Oklahoma as much as we can, and we also try and continue to learn more about our family history and our, our heritage, 
and um, all those kinds of things. So it's uh, yeah, as, as early as I can remember, um, being Chickasaw has always been a part of my identity. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, it's it's always through the family. You know, the family is the one that really, yeah. really can uh, really teach it and kind of show us show us the way. Have you been able to go down to Oklahoma much? Um, I have actually. I, I believe the last time I was there, we had a family reunion um, in Ada, Oklahoma, uh, which is the, where the capital of the Chickasaw Nation is, and. Yeah. Um, I was able to meet um, a ton of new families that I had never met before that all have um, relationships and ties to, to the tribe itself. Um, I think that would have been in 2016 or 17, I believe, was mm-hmm. the last time I was in Oklahoma. Um, and I actually, uh, on my way to spring training, I drove um, from Colorado to West Palm Beach, Florida. Yeah. And on my way, um, on my way there, uh, I stopped in Norman, Oklahoma. And um, was just kind of visited the University of Oklahoma just because I I had never been. And my great grandma Belva, who was married to my grandpa George, um, was a huge OU fan. So I, I, I felt like uh, in her honor, I wanted to go check everything out. So that was the last time I was in Oklahoma. Um, but I'm hoping to go back uh, soon. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm, I'm going back November 1st and 2nd because my sister is actually transferring from Gonzaga University to the University of Oklahoma. Um, simply because she realized during her time here as a sophomore at GU that she wants to be a dental hygienist, and unfortunately Gonzaga doesn't have um, that program yeah. there. So she she decided she wants to be a sooner and uh, move back to the native land. So we're yeah. we're excited about that. That's great, and that's such a good like. I mean, you have the Pacific Northwest tribes, but then the Oklahoma is just a really, and especially with you guys being Chickasaw, that's that's such a great opportunity. Oh yeah, she she's super excited about it, and I think um, at the end of the day, she wants to get involved with the tribe's um, dental healthcare or something along those lines, and work with uh, native communities um, to provide them um, with good dental healthcare and everything like that. So. She's got a really good head on her shoulders. She inspires me every day. My, yeah. my little sister does. And, um, she, it's amazing to me that she was mature enough to realize, hey, I really like where I go to school at Gonzaga, but at the end of the day, I know what I truly want to do for a career. And she took it upon herself to make the change, and uh, I think it's going to work out great for her. Yeah, no, that's great. So is it just you two, brother and sister, or you have other brothers brother and yep. sisters? Oh, yep. That's that, great. And close, so, the, so close in age, right? You're pretty close. Um, yeah, she turns 21 this upcoming June, and then I turn 24 here on October 19th. So we're about yeah. three and a half years apart, give or take. Yeah, that's a good, that's a great, that's so great. It's so great. You can have that kind of close relationship. Um, kind of going back to baseball, what was the, what was the entire like draft process, like being drafted and like spring um, training? How was that just madness? Yeah. Um, so it all the draft process really kind of got going for me my sophomore summer in college um, because I went out and played in the Cape Cod Baseball League in Cape Cod, uh, Massachusetts. And the Cape Cod League is the premier summer um, college baseball league in the country. Um, Basically, um, Division I schools across the country only send their their very best players to go play in this league. So it's kind of like a honey hole. Um, for baseball scouts because you have literally all the best college players that are freshmen and sophomores 
that aren't draft eligible yet, um, but are going to be draft eligible in the next year. Yeah. They all play you know, on this tiny little um, Cape, little island kind of thing um, in Massachusetts. So it makes makes scouting very easy because it's like you, you just go hang out in Cape Cod for the summer and you see it, all the players that you probably need to see. So for me, um, my team, we actually won the Cape Cod League Championship and I was able to pitch in the, the deciding game three. I started and um, went six innings. And I, I ended up only giving up. I don't think I gave up a run in six innings, and we won. That's we won awesome. the game. So that 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 experience in Cape Cod is really what kickstarted the draft process for me. And um, it's it, it's exciting just simply being um, to talk to all these professional baseball teams that you grow up um, watching on TV every single day. Um, like for me, I got uh, really excited when I got to talk to like the Colorado Rockies, um, right. who are my hometown, who's the hometown team, obviously. Yeah. Getting to talk to uh, the Seattle Mariners, who are the team in the Pacific Northwest, and being at Gonzaga, that was the baseball team that was always on. So um, I, I drew really uh, fond of them. And then obviously, like getting to talk to like the, the superstar teams, like the Yankees and the Red Sox and like the Cubs and teams like that. It's just it's just really cool to feel wanted and oh gosh, yeah. to feel that those teams are interested in you as a potential prospect and player that they want in their organization. So, um, yeah, it, it was it was a really cool experience. Um, a little bit stressful because um, during my junior season, it, it definitely um, was hard at times to focus on the tap in hand, which was pitching well and trying to help Gonzaga win as many games as we could or as I could. Yeah. And um, it was hard sometimes to not um, I worry um, about your individual performance and uh, I guess hard sometimes not to think about, okay, what scouts are that, that are watching me today? Because the scouts are very open. They'll be like, hey, I'll, I'm going to be at your game um, this next week. You know what I mean? I've, and they, they want to talk to you after the game um, and all that kind of stuff. So. It, it, it can be a little bit of a distraction, but at the same time, I was lucky enough to have my junior year was my best season at, at Gonzaga, and we were able to uh, win the West Coast Conference Championship and then also go um, make a regional bid uh, for the first time since 2009. Um, so it had been a while since Gonzaga was in the NCAA tournament, so it was really cool to be a part of that team um, that kind of broke that um, streak of not being in the NCAA tournament. So. Um, it, but the draft process was uh, very cool, cool, but also um, somewhat stressful. Yeah, that's it's got to be so insane. And trying to do school on top of all that, <laughs> it's like yeah, um, no, yeah. And then on top of that, yeah. uh, I took eighteen credits that oh, wow. semester, so I was I was completely slammed. And somehow, yeah. somehow, I think I made the dean's list that semester too. That's it, it, was, it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So okay. Yeah. So so then you're drafted, and then what's the process like? I'm so my boyfriend played a little bit of pro ball, and so I know it's very complicated with like AAA, yeah. all that. How what was that process like? Uh, it 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 is very complicated, and it, there's a lot of levels that you have to check mark and prove that you can play at before you can um un- officially make it to the big leagues. Um, so I got drafted had to call Sam McCracken and tell him, unfortunately, yeah. I was going to sign and I wasn't going to be able to do the N7 internship. He wasn't thrilled, but at the same time, he understood. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also had to call my college coaches and tell them that 
I would not be returning to Gonzaga for my senior year. And then I had to obviously contact the Oakland Athletics who drafted me and start arranging my travel arrangements to get to Arizona where I do my physical and sign my, my minor league contract and officially start get started playing professionally. So I flew out to Mesa, Arizona um, about a week after the draft happened, um, and I signed my contract, um, got squared away from, with my physical and was cleared to play. Um, started off in rookie ball in the Arizona League, which is the, basically the lowest level you can be at. Um, as a drafted player from America, yeah. Um, had I had two outings with um, the rookie ball team before I was promoted to short season single A, which is um, um, uh, a level that's designed for um, college athletes who had just played a full season with their college. So it's only a half a baseball season, a half a pro season. So it's kind of like kind of transitioning for all these college kids who just got drafted um, gotcha. into pro ball. And gotcha. so I played the, with the Vermont Lake Monsters um, for my short season uh, single A experience. Yeah. And then I went and then I went back to Gonzaga um, to to knock out a semester for school um, during the off season mm-hmm. in uh, 2016. And then um, during spring, went to spring training was uh, placed on the low A Beloit Snappers in Beloit, Wisconsin. Um, and pitched there for about two and a half months, and then was promoted to High A, which is in Stockton, California, and pitched there for the remainder remainder of the 2017 season. Yeah. And then I went back to Gonzaga again because I only needed one one more semester to finish my degree. Yeah. So I went back to Spokane in the fall, and during my fall semester, um, right after the Astros had just won the World Series in no. Um, Early November, I got a call, um, November 20th, from David Forrest, who was the GM of the athletics, informing me that I had been traded to the Houston Astros. And so then that was a whole other experience wow. because I'm trying to balance my school and finish my degree. but not, And then I'm also trying to transition to this new yeah. organization where I don't know anybody. I don't know any of the players, coaching staff, training staff, strength coaches, anything. So it's completely new to me. And then uh, in the spring, this spring, um, I went to spring training in West Palm Beach um, with the Astros. So I got acclimated to that whole new um, experience in this new organization. And then I I was sent to Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, to play for their Astros IA affiliate. And then was promoted um, August 1st to AA and moved to Corpus Christi, Texas. And that's currently what the level I'm at is double A. Um, so um, that's probably where I'll start again this year is in double A Corpus Christi. Hope to earn a promotion at some point to triple A, which will be in Round Rock, Texas, which is um, the Austin area. Mm-hmm. And then after triple A, um, it's the big leagues is the only step that's left. So yeah, uh, it's definitely been a grind these past um, three seasons as a professional. Um, but we're continuing to make strides, continuing to improve, and continuing to move up the ladder. And that's really all you can ask for. Yeah. And now you got school knocked out? Yep. I yeah. finished my degree this past that's fall. Awesome. So I am officially done with college. Uh, I got my undergrad um, 
a bachelor of education in sport management with a minor in public relations. Awesome. That's, that's so great. I mean, that's, that's really impressive on top of all of that. And just going from, yeah, even going from Vermont to Wisconsin, like that is, it's, that's wild. Uh, I was just going to say, it's also really cool because I've gotten to experience a lot of parts of the country that I probably never would have ever gone to right. if it wasn't for minor league baseball, you know? So yeah. I, I, I've gotten to see a lot of places that I probably never would have been to before if it wasn't for baseball. So it, it's, it's also a cool experience. Yeah, and it's not a um, very glamorous life, I hear. <laughs> no, not, not by any means, not by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, finally, now in AA, um, it's where you actually, it starts to get better. And you uh, start to feel like, okay, I'm actually getting really close um, to my, my ultimate goal. So, uh, yeah, yeah, all is good. All is good now. Yeah. Once you make it to AA, everything starts to get, everything's a lot better. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And then I also, too, like, they often talk about, you know, especially with, like, NBA trades, with, like, getting those calls. But it really, and it really is just like, hey, you've been traded kind of out of the blue, right? Yeah, it was, I was driving to class from my apartment and my, in my truck and er, the area code on the screen popped up Oakland, California, and I answered it and uh, it was, it was David Forrest, the general manager, and we kind of talked for a little bit just about my off season, how school was going and this and that, and then he was like, well, I've got some pretty sad news. We uh, unfortunately are having to trade you to Houston, um, the prospect that Houston traded to the athletics was Ramon Lariano, who is actually now the starting center fielder for the Oakland Athletics. So mm. uh, it's kind of cool um, being able to see him play on TV and be like, wow, that's who I was traded for. In well, yeah. So that's pretty cool to yeah. see that. No, yeah, that's great. Especially with the A. I mean, they're, they're known for being so smart in their moves, so that's really – um, that's really cool. And I want you to kind of plug your, your blog. I was able to discover your blog a little bit and I was reading your oh, yeah. most recent story and I would love if you could kind of touch on that a little bit about going to spring training and seeing, um, all the, you know, the big leaguers, uh, and yeah. kind of those experiences. Yeah. Well, it's just, like I said, it was kind of a whirlwind. Not only did I show up spring training, um, not knowing anybody from the Astros organization, but within a week of being in spring training, I was pitching in a big league game, uh, relieving uh, guys like Justin Verlander and uh, uh, Hector Rendon and these, these guys that are on the big league team right now. And um, obviously the Astros are kind of have a star-studded lineup with Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, George Springer. Josh Reddick, I could go on and on. Yeah, coming off the World Series. Stacked with players. And coming from the athletics, um, I got to suit up for a couple of big league games with Oakland um, for spring training, but uh, I didn't get a pitch. But with Oakland, you know, there's not, there weren't too many guys like um, elite uh, superstar players with Oakland when I was with the team at the time. So when I got to Houston, this is like the World Series champions, Houston Astros with all of these players with arguably probably multiple future Hall of Famers on the team. And within a week of being with this new team, I was pitching in the big league game. And uh, it was just completely, I was starstruck. I was so nervous. I was completely blown away by the experience. But, um, yeah, it it, it was really, really cool um, just to be able to pitch with all of those guys still in the game. Um, and 
of realize, wow, I, I'm actually, I can compete with these guys, these guys, you know, this is yeah. not unheard of for me anymore. Um, this is not something that's crazy to think about. Like you're here, you're pit, you pitch, you have success, like you can do this. It's just a matter of being consistent and, um, continuing to tr- climb the ladder. So, yeah, but I yeah, my, the, the blog is basically something that I just like to do. It was something to, I, I, I enjoy writing yeah. um, in general. So it's something that I just started doing when I started playing professional baseball simply because I wanted to document my experiences as a minor league baseball player and kind of this whole process of trying to climb the ladder and trying to make it to that ultimate goal of the big leagues. And I just wanted to be able to write my experiences down so that way when my playing days are over, I can look back and read these blog posts and be like, oh, yeah, that, that's that's what happened to me at this point in time. Or that was something really funny that one of my teammates did. Or that was a really cool place that I got to play. Or, um, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and just so to see where you were. About yeah. my, my, my most recent one, which was from spring training, about uh, my experience um, with the Astros. Um, I didn't really expect anything anything of it. I posted it and I shared it on my social media, just more so for like my parents to read and yeah. my friends and family back home. But then all of a sudden, it blows up and I'm getting all of these people from like uh, Houston news stations and the local newspapers in Houston and all these people sharing and retweeting my blog and um, commenting just how much they enjoyed reading it. And I was just like, wow, this is this is actually kind of cool. Like maybe yeah. I should, uh, can pursue writing maybe a little more often, but unfortunately, um, the same thing happened, uh, last when I was with Oakland, kind of when the season hits, it's just, a, it's just a whirlwind. Like there's not a lot of free time to do things like that. Yeah. So, um, I, I just kind of, for me, I just write like little notes down in my phone of things that I want to remember and potentially write about. Um, that happened during the season, and now um, once uh, I finally get a minute to relax here and uh, just uh, sit down and have some time, I'm going to write another blog post, kind of a season-ending conclusion to the year and kind of what I'm up to this off season. So, yeah, no, that's so great, and it, it it it's like it's hard enough to do a blog when you're not you know in the middle of a crazy season so that's that's yeah, just exactly. impressive so what is the what is the website if for people that are listening they can check it out um uh, i believe uh it is called uh brandon hold on let me check on my yeah. twitter because i don't want to give anybody the wrong link it's yeah. just brandon bailey 1994.com so it's just yeah. my name and then the year i was born and then dot com so Perfect. It's, it's pretty simple, pretty easy to remember. Yeah, and then your Twitter handle is just at Brandon Bailey. At, it's at B Bailey underscore nineteen. Yep. Cool. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I just want to make sure everyone can find you. That's so great. And yeah, it's it is kind of amazing when you realize that more than like just your family reads something that you write. So it's really yeah. it's always really fun, I, and it's just. Yeah, I posted it at night, and then I woke up the next day, and it had over a hundred retweets and four hundred favorites, and I was like, "What is the yeah. <laughs> What is going on?" <laughs> yeah, and it'll kind yeah, of it kind of warm you up for when you get them to the big leagues, and you're getting like four thousand, forty thousand, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my goal. Yeah, I'm currently in the process of trying to kind of grow my social media pages, my Twitter and Instagram. So uh, 
trying to get a little bit better at posting um, some content that um, followers might be interested in um, seeing or reading or kind of learning about my life in general. Um, and then also just trying to do my best to try and promote um, my Native American heritage and then also the N7 brand yeah. and other um, smaller uh, companies that I'm involved with, um, whether that be minor, smaller endorsements or things like that. So. Yeah. No, that's so great. Have you had any kind of like, because I mean, I have plenty of stories of just funny things when people find out you're Native or if you're connected to N7 or um, just fun. And I always, always, always get asked about like the mascot thing. And so do you have any kind of funny oh, yeah. Native related story? Have, like if what, like if you would have gone to, to Cleveland, would <laughs> would you have been okay with uh, that? That would have been, that would have been, I've often thought about that. And I think like during spring training and stuff, I would have had no problem uh, like kind of taping over the, 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 the logo. Um, yeah. I forget what the logo is called. The Chief Wahoo, then, yeah. Like the Chief Wahoo, yeah. And then um, when they, they would have had us wear the hat with that logo, I would purposely just worn the Cleveland hat, and if, even if it didn't match, um, just to try and you know make a statement that uh, obviously we're we're Native Americans, we're not mascots. You know, it's it's um, obviously kind of mocking us as a Native people. And um, just don't support that whatsoever. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I I would say just in terms of like uh, native being native, one thing that absolutely blew me away was when Ashley Collingwell uh, followed me on Instagram. <laughs> I was like absolutely just starstruck by that because you know she's obviously incredible and yeah. uh, this uh, amazing model and just does so much for the native community. So. When I, which, because I'm, you know, I'm a minor league baseball player from Colorado that has like, you know, maybe three thousand followers max on Instagram, and she, she decided to follow me. I was just completely, I was freaking out, to yeah. say the least. So that was one story, and then also <laughs> just um, having um, some, I don't want to say heated conversations, but conversations that um, definitely um, sparked. Uh, kind of a, a debate in the clubhouse just about, um, you know, the Cleveland logo or the Washington football team yeah. and how their name is a racial slur. Um, you know, things like that that I feel like uh, not very many people are aware of and uh, they might say that we're being culturally sensitive, but at the end of the day, um, it, it is a racial slur and that logo is offensive to a lot of people. And maybe I, just because I'm not, full-blooded Native American people don't understand why I'm so passionate about it but at the end of the day it's still a huge part of my life and it is I'm enrolled in the tribe and it's a part of my culture so um I it's and kind of the, what America is the melting pot now um there's less and less full-blooded Native Americans um but still having Native blood you're just as Native as the next person in my opinion so um yeah, those, those would be some Native American experiences, I would have to say, um, that come to mind. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's so, like, I tried studying it a little bit, like, identity last year, and it's like, because I grew up in on a reservation where it was like, well, how much blood do you have? And it's like, yeah, that's where yeah. people measure, but it's like, well, that wasn't something traditionally that tribes would have done that was more of a government imposed thing and you know yeah, it's exactly. it's so much more of yeah. like how you I feel like live your life and how you embrace it and 
um, how you can like promote it and kind of shit because people just if they they if you don't if you're not dark or you don't have long hair or whatever they just don't exactly. they don't understand and like that's where the mascot issue come you know comes in is like that's people think we look like that because of the mascots and and it's like mm-hmm. no it's just it's about showing people like hey we're we're real real people doing real things you know and we can be successful as anyone and just kind of exactly. be be proud of who we are yeah. Um, you, you hit it right on the head. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I'm, well, I want to wrap up and I'm, thank you for your time, but I do want to get a pick from you. What do you think the, what's going to be the result of the series for the Astros coming up? Uh, I definitely think it's going to be an incredible series. Um, the Red Sox and the Astros are both like very powerhouse teams in the American league. And the, this pitching, these pitching matchups to start, um, Justin Verlander versus Chris Sale, and then David Price and Garrett Cole squaring off. It's gonna be, it's gonna be exciting. But I definitely have to go with the Astros just because of, uh, I feel like the depth we have as a pitching staff. Uh, when you got like guys like Lance McCullers and Charlie Morton who haven't even pitched yet in the playoffs, just kind of waiting for their their shot. Uh, that just kind of tells you how deep we are as staff. And yeah. then obviously our our lineup one through nine there are no holes and you've got guys um, coming off the bench um, like Miles My- Straw who can fly and then you got guys like um, prospects like Josh James who throws a hundred out of the bullpen. Um, I definitely think um, the Astros are going to take it, but I feel like it's going to be a very tough series. I'm going to say Astros in six games. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited for it to get started up and um, I definitely let's maybe do, do another pod when after the postseason and after you go to Oklahoma, cause I want to hear all about that. No, absolutely. Um, awesome. That'd be great. Um, yeah. Any, anytime you want to talk, I'm, I'm definitely um, available. Great. All right, Brandon. Uh, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank okay. you, Natalie. I appreciate it. Okay. You too. Take care. But at this rate, the chance will not last. You gotta act fast, pull up the slack, pick up the trash. Cause you still got time for one last dance. Still got time to have a blast. So special where you hate. Work hard to make life great. Quit a sit there and wait. Quit a sit there and wait. Not a piece of cake, but you can create a new life that will never take. You out of poverty, it's never too late. I can come in fast. I can come in fast. 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 F